For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. I'm Christopher Sabat, the voice of Roanoa Zorro, and you're listening to The Geek Show on thegeekshow.co.uk. What up? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Geek Show, where I am joined by Rob, and I am Andy. Hello, and Andy. Hello, Rob. <laughs> you kind of fluffed that a bit, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Can we just use the first one and just continue? No, because I already got rid of the first take. Oh. It's all right, don't worry. Anyway, yes, uh, we are The Geek Show. Your regular dose of, uh, uh, of things that have been happening in the weird, wide world of science, technology, and just the world in general. Yes, it's always a... Uh... Really weird show, this one. Yeah. Uh, now, um, I'm going to start off with something that has been a bit of an oddity. Um, you've seen Avengers Infinite War, haven't you? Yes. Right. Um, what did you think of how it ended? I think, talking about the ending now, uh, yes, there is a bit of a spoiler. We'll give you fair warning. But it shouldn't be that much of a spoiler since the internet is a thing and it's probably been spoiled for you already. So, mm. uh, what did you think of the ending? Well... I knew how it went in a way anyway, hmm. if they were going to stick to how it went in the comics. Yeah. But I thought it was I thought it was a good ending. I enjoyed how it wasn't just the hero's happy ending that you usually get. Yeah. So, um, you know Comic-Con's a thing? Yes. San Diego Comic-Con. Because whenever we refer to Comic-Con, there's really only one that we're referring to, isn't there? Yes. So, all the other ones that call themselves Comic-Cons, well, tough. Anyway, um, at San Diego Comic-Con, Marvel were offering grief counselling for fans who were traumatised by the end of Infinity War. Ah, uh, I'm guessing, though, it's a promotional tool. I reckon, uh, I'm not going to be so cynical as to say that Marvel doesn't care about its fans. Mm. I wouldn't oh. say that at all. Really, I wouldn't. Disney, Marvel, Fox, whatever conglomerate it's going to be, are they going to change their name to something like Nine-Tailed Fox in the future or something like that? <laughs> but whatever the conglomerate name is going to be in the future, I wouldn't go so far as to say they don't care about their fans. Yeah, well, Marvel, it's obvious they do care about the fans. They've got uh, counselling for them. Well, and they're my fan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just knock your fan over? It just fell over on its own. The irony of that. <laughs> so does your desk fan now need grief counselling since it <laughs> fell over? It needs a bit of care, probably. Did your, did your desk fan faint from the heat? <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> but anyway. I don't, I don't mean to belittle other people's pain, but they're fictional characters. Um, I, I'll be honest, I've never been so invested in a fictional character where I actually felt, I don't know, actual pain when uh, a character dies or a character suffers mm. from some kind of traumatic event or something like that. I've never been so heavily into a character like that. So I don't really understand it myself. Mm. You know, um, but um, I did have a 
mate that uh, saw the film and he said, Shazam! Go! Go! Yeah. But... That was probably more the uh, way that it was uh, portrayed on screen rather than the actual character. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I understand that, and that's a sign of good acting. Don't get me wrong; that's a sign of that's a sign of good acting um, on all parts. But it doesn't help me kind of process and pass this whole idea that uh, these characters, that people actually hold these characters in such, uh, or so, have such an emotional connection with these characters that they grieve when they die. Um, <laughs> one of the things that doesn't help that is watching a video of Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, uh, what's-his-face who plays Loki and uh, Pom who plays uh, Mantis, mm. watching them on, uh, you know, in Korea, trying Korean food all together and Tom Holland going, this banana milkshake is lovely. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Um, maybe I'm just old and cynical and bitter about my life. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I w- no comment, Rob. No comment. So, yeah, um, I mean... <laughs> Let's put it this way, right? Uh, if you played a video game, um, mm. say you played The Last of Us, right? Yeah. It's a deeply emotional game. Or say you played, uh, you know, Telltale Games The Walking Dead, the ending of the first game, mm. right? Where you basically have to make that choice. Yeah. Right? That, to me, was a deeply emotional thing because it wasn't, you know, yes, you were playing a character, but at the end, it was you making the choice, wasn't it? Mm. But th- that has an effect on people. I wouldn't yeah. say they need counselling for it. But that's what I I'm mean, saying. For something like for something like that, way you're the one making the choice. Mm. I can understand. Um, it's like uh, you remember the ending of Metal Gear Solid Three, where the game wouldn't actually continue unless you pulled the trigger. You actually had to physically mm. pull the trigger. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, the game would just stay as it was. Right. Mm. Um, that I consider, you know, something that's deeply emotional. So, you know, that's not saying I'm a massive gamer or that I prefer games to films, but you understand what I mean, mm. I hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a big difference, though. Yeah. That one, you actually uh, you actually experienced it. I think uh, in Infinity War, you just saw them vanish. You know, they could be anywhere. Yeah. You know, could just uh, end up being that like they just disappeared and uh, I know they're having a party in some uh, special cave or something like that. Yeah. I mean... Uh... Yeah, they are, they are basically doing this as kind of a promotional event uh, for the Infinity War Blu-ray DVD release, that sort of thing, yeah. Mm. But the way they've done it is, it's pretty clever, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. From a marketing point, it's brilliant. I yeah. just, I, do, I say this with every wacky idea. I'd love to have been at that board meeting. How can we promote this Blu-ray? We've had a lot of upset people on social media. Let's give them counselling. Yep. It was free counselling, I'm guessing. Um, well, after you've been to the, after you paid to get into the event, but maybe I, <laughs> I, I would assume, <laughs> uh, but probably not. Although that's a business idea now: grief counselling for fictional events. Grief counselling for fictional events. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> there are so many to choose from. Some of them are religious. <laughs> <laughs> We let's can't not go there. let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's move on. <laughs> We're yeah. going to. But speaking of uh, paying for non-existent things, right? Mm-hmm. Because technically, kind of are right. Uh, there are companies. Did you know this? Right. There are companies in the world that will sell you. Uh, that will basically sell you the right to name a star 
companies uh, like yeah, the International reason. Star Registry and name a star, right? Mm. And you can name a star for your, uh, for as little as fifteen pounds. Now, here's the thing, right? You won't actually own the star or even its name. What you buy from them is a decorative piece of paper and a place in the company's private registry, which actually holds no actual government or scientific weight. These companies are basically self-appointed. Now, here's the problem. It turns out that because of companies like that, that allow you to apparently, allegedly, name a star, people are now phoning actual astronomers, as in real-life people, who watch the stars and tell us when we're going to be hit by comets and stuff like that. Mm. People are phoning them to complain about the fact that they can't find the star that they named. <laughs> like that, like that, it was $15, you said, or £15? £15. Round 50, about. £15. Like going to be, uh, like, that, like you're going to find it. Yeah. If, if it was a legitimate, for example, they actually had all the stars mapped out, and they said that's your star. They'd all have different price ranges. There'd well, be some. Uh, there'd be some advanced business plan that they'd have to set up somewhere. I got told one time, and I don't know whether this is true. Right, I I've been told this. I don't know whether this is true, but I've been told that if you uh, add together the total mass of all the uh, rocks that have been sold that claim to be from the moon, if you add them all together, they would actually. Um, exceed uh, the mass of all of the vehicles that have been to the moon. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. I, I thought you were going to say the full moon. Then no, no, no. If you just, uh, <laughs> if you just basically add together the masses of all of the rocks that allegedly have been that have allegedly come from the moon and have been sold as moon rocks, right, mm. um, or as lunar regolith or whatever you want to call it, the the actual mass would be greater than. All of the Apollo missions that went to the moon, every moon landing, everything like that, all of the astronauts, everything, the whole mass of all of them. <laughs> Which begs the question, uh, how did all those rocks get to Earth then? But yeah, name your own star. Would you do it, Andy? No, not and unless I, it was a ridiculous name. I, I, I know okay. that's... I know, given our history um, with questions like that, that is a kind of loaded question. No, that's the wrong thing to say as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, a giant fl- flaming ball of gas in the sky doesn't really care what you're going to call it. <laughs> now, I'd want to name something else, like a planet or the sun or something. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. Um, if I was going to f- name a star, I would literally want to call it giant flaming ball of gas in space. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scientific term. Uh, no, no, giant flaming ball of gas in space, number 27. Right, just just to throw people off, because then they'd start looking around, going, "So where are the other twenty six? <laughs> or it just it just sounds like a like a seventies hit single, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> it does, yeah, that's true. And then again, you could go down the other route and just start calling them like just regular names, like Bob and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you go, there's my star. I called it Stan. There's my star. I've called it fish. Get it? Get it? <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to go down go, go down that route, you could call it chocolate fish. <laughs> but we're not going to go there. I could call it death. death. Yeah, you could. You could. You could. Are we just trying to think of just random stuff that fits around the word star? <laughs> I think so. 
if anybody listening has any ideas, uh, please please send them to us. Yes, the more random the idea is, the more likely we are to read it out. Mm. Right. So let us know in the comments below whether you know what your idea is if you were going to name a star, and maybe maybe you know for the best one we might actually name a star. Let let's let's go the whole hog. We might name a star. We don't know. Let us know what you think. Well, let us know what you think uh, you would name a star. The more random, the better. So, anyway, um, moving on to uh, piracy. Stars and piracy, eh? It's going to be... Piracy more... as in video piracy? That type of piracy? Or yeah, piracy it's... as in oh, yeah, it's... treasure piracy? No, no, it's it's obviously video... It's obviously copyright piracy. You know, we're not talking like Yahar Miharjis and everything like that and walk the plank and... You know, parrots and pieces of eight. I don't understand what that is. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know how piracy has always been seen as something very, very bad. You should never do it. You should never involve yourself in it. And there was all those adverts saying, you know, uh, copyright copyright piracy. And you remember those adverts where copyright yep. piracy was like uh, they they equi- they made it equivalent to stealing cars yep. and yep. things like that. Let me let me stop you there, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> the advert. Even though it does remind me of that IT crowd episode, but uh, I won't, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, pi- the advert, yeah. piracy is stealing. Yeah. It's a downloading, it's a downloading the film is stealing. I go, no, it's not. Because stealing, yeah. something to get technical here, Rob, yeah. is, and anybody that studies law, who I've spoke to as well, agrees with this. Okay. It's that piracy is permanently depriving someone... Or something of something. So if you download something, you're copying it. So that's not stealing. So when they say copyright piracy, then it's not actual piracy, is it? No, it's well. What is the word? Lending. Yeah, it's uh, oh, duplicating. Bo- I, 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 is it lending or borrowing? I can't remember. Borrow is where you lend someone something, isn't yeah, it? But yeah, but you still there. Uh, you still won't have it anymore. It's basically somebody coming in your house with a photocopy and photocopying all your DVDs, and you won't know. Yeah, but if you don't know, then there's no problem, is there? Exactly. <laughs> because you don't know. <laughs> you're, you, you're still assuming that the amount of money you're making off your DVDs is the same as it's always going to be. Exactly. So if you don't know, you isn't, hang on, is this some weird kind of legal minefield we've fallen into where yes. if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound if no one's around to hear it? Yes, it bloody well does, because sound is a sound. Because if you don't know that they know, then, hang on, I'm not going to continue this, because my head's going to get all tangled. Is it? Uh, no, yeah, because if, if you don't know that they know that you know that they don't know that you know that they don't know that they know that you don't know. Exactly, then you won't know. <laughs> exactly, we hit the nail on the head, but you might not know it. <laughs> Please say that's going to be the title. You know what you do not know. We have a name for our star. <laughs> you don't know. No. <laughs> oh, this is this is definitely a who's on first thing, isn't it? Um, right. Okay. Now, uh, leaving that to one side, there is a uh, there is a company called Muso, M U S O. Right. Now, yes, they are taking a slightly different approach when it comes to piracy because uh, what they've said is that. Uh, the idea that services such as Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, etc., have eradicated piracy is a fallacy. And their figures have shown that global piracy has increased year on year in spite of the rise in streaming services. 
But what they've said is that piracy audiences are on uh, one of the great untapped pools of wealth. They have extremely high intent to access content, but are often simply unable to, or simply don't want to. You know, they say simply unable to, but, you know, let's be fair, we know what people are like. Uh, Mm. Finding ways to access this audience could be the secret to bringing higher profits back to broadcasting. So what Musso want to do is tap into all of the people who are pirating and start charging them for piracy. Not charging them with the law, but charging them with the pound. But then it gets... Oh, we're confused again, because then you're going to get piracy trying to pirate the piracy. Yeah, I mean, it's basically saying, okay, Pirate Bear, since we can't shut you down, we're just going to we're just gonna make, uh, make you a subscriber service. Mm. <laughs> basically Netflix. Yeah, but basically. Hard. You know, if they're... For example, let's just say you've got people that can't probably go to the cinema. Yeah. Like that. Why don't you have a Netflix, which is slightly more expensive, but you can watch the cinema releases at home? I think that's called Sky. Yeah, but they don't do it on release of the film in the cinema. No, they don't. They do it like a couple of weeks after release of the... Well, a couple of months after release of the film at the cinema. Say about six months. They call it it Sky Premiere or something like that, don't they? Oh, yeah, but that's for things that are out. If you had a service where... You could show the films that were in the cinema, even if it's just two weeks after or something like that. Yeah, but then people start talking about, oh, it's not the experience of going to the cinema where you go to the cinema and you pay an overpriced ticket for a film, and then you have to pay, or you know, through the nose for the overpriced popcorn, the overpriced hot dogs, and the giant, giant cup of uh, Coke that or Pepsi or whatever soft drink you wanna you wanna drink, because apparently your bladder is the size of that cup and you can handle all of it during the film. <laughs> and not have to go to the toilet halfway through the film, disturbing everybody around you. I want to go for that experience. I want to pay through the nose for that experience. (laughs) I've never got the cinema experience. Rather rather than... We've all... It doesn't matter who you are, right? When you were were younger, you always had that one person that, um, for some reason, had all these videos. Yeah. And you could... uh, If you ever watched a copied video, you always got someone stood up, and uh, go to the toilet so you get to see them. Yeah, you see the silhouette of people going to the toilet. If anything, that's more of a cinema experience than it would be if I bought a Blu-ray. See, I just, uh, you know, for for a while, I just wanted to make an art house movie of people, of uh, and call it Silhouettes of People Getting Up to Go to the Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new art house movie, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write the script. <laughs> no, no, it'd be totally silent. It'd be in black and white. <laughs> uh... uh but so in, anyway, yeah, they're getting back to the seriousness. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, piracy in itself—it's that because it's so. I think it is probably a main source of income. Ironically, to anything could be music, could be uh, like movies, games. Shh, shh, I think Andy, that Andy, that you've got you've got to be careful. You can't say it's a source of income to music, otherwise you'll have. All of the music industry bigwigs after you. You're not allowed to say that. You know how you know how much they like to sue people for no reason at all. Yeah, but you see, though, it's basically it's that thing where you know probably people would do it, but you go, you'll turn the head at it because it's so much of an income to that industry. Andy, just that's to why g- they haven't clapped down on it. Hang on, just to give you an idea of how scummy 
the music industry actually is. You know the Verve. Mm-hmm. You remember the band The Verve, right? Yes. You remember they had a, they had a thing called a, a song called Bittersweet Symphony, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know you've heard it on so many adverts and played at so many sporting events and things like that, yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you know who makes the royalties for the uh, for that? The royalties don't go to The Verve. The royalties go to a, uh, a an American company who have one of the scummiest people in uh, in the music industry as its head. The royalties go to them because the Verve sampled of four notes, just four notes from a song that this company has the copyright to, and because they sampled those four notes, this company claimed one hundred percent of the royalties to a song that they had no part in. So yeah, four notes. We don't mess with the music industry. Yes, the music industry messes with us. Uh, but people still complain when uh, bands such as U2 decide to just give the album. We'll pass on that. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the thing. That's like an in- <laughs> U2 basically, basically, that was more like an invasion of privacy, wasn't it? Mm. Best thing is that album would probably still pirated. Yeah, I know. That's the big irony. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, they couldn't give it away. But then when they took it away, people suddenly wanted it. <laughs> Bono's just standing there with the edge going, I wish people would make their minds up. Do they want it or not? <laughs> that remind that you, uh, you know, talking about you 2 reminds me of that old joke. I used to be a U2 fan, but I stood too close to the edge. <laughs> 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 it's a bad joke, I know. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a horrible, horrible joke, sorry. Anyway. I was going to say, before we, just before I move on, yeah. I've just got an image now of... Uh, Bono dressed as like Captain Hook and um, <laughs> the Edge right next to him. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what, uh, what was the one that was with him? That's That's a brilliant image, Bono's Captain Hook. It's, it's a superb image. Oh, Andy, I love you. That's that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. That is just beautiful. <laughs> that's going to be the picture that goes with this show. <laughs> Bono's Captain Hook is amazing. And the edges, me, are just <laughs> oh, uh, that's 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 beautiful. I love. It. Oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, all right. Uh, do you know? Um, how do I explain this? Uh, right. Do you know motion sickness? Right. Yes. Motion sickness is a thing that affects a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. Citroen have invented a pair of glasses called Citron, right? And these. Ingenious eyeglasses apparently use boarding ring technology, which was created by a French startup of the same name. Now, this boarding ring technology apparently treats motion sickness in just a few minutes, according to the official press release. After being worn for 10 or 12 minutes, the glasses enable the mind to resynchronize the movement perceived by the inner ear while the eyes were focused on on an immobile object such as a smartphone or or a book, right? Mm. And the wearer can just take them off and enjoy the rest of the journey. Now, this is a great idea, mm. yeah, because people are, you know, they, you can take medication for uh, motion sickness. You know, obviously, this is a great idea because you can take medication for motion sickness and things like that. But, more, you know, medication doesn't agree with everybody, does it? And sometimes oh, yeah. it doesn't work. Sometimes you might be immune to the medication. Mm. The only slight downside i think to this um solution well why don't you take a look at them and tell me if you can see what the slight downside is oh 
<laughs> oh. Do you see what I mean by the slight downside? Slight? <laughs> uh, it's like if um, Harry Potter... Uh, it is like the round glasses for Harry Potter, but then it's got two round bits on the side where the side arms are. I'm thinking, hang on, why has it got like four holes? Why has it got four lenses? What's going on? I don't understand. Well, you'd stand out. Yeah. <laughs> white Harry Potter glasses with uh, two extra round lenses. Well, I don't, I don't think there's lenses in them. I think what this is, I think it's got liquid in, you know, the blue bit on it. Mm. I think that's a liquid. Like, yeah, you know, like see. a a spirit, you know, like <laughs> was, a spirit level type thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's it. Say those, I was going to say those, you know, those, what you drink, uh, like, they always drink, like, Coke or something through them. <laughs> <laughs> like you probably get a holiday pack or something like that. Yeah. Apparently, the blue liquid is like a spirit level. It recreates the horizon. So it resolves, if, it basically helps resolve your eye signals, which is all well and good. You know, mm. but still, Andy, mm. do you suffer from motion sickness? I don't, but uh, there's one more flaw. What? I do wear glasses. Yeah, how does this work with people who wear glasses? <laughs> I'm going to have it... six different. Uh, <laughs> you... I look like something from Star Trek. I, so, hang on. I wear, I've worn glasses for years, and I used to get called four eyes when I when I was younger because obviously lenses plus eyes apparently equals mm. four eyes. So, if you wear glasses along with this, because if you just wore this, you'd be six eyes, but then you'd be eight eyes, wouldn't you? But what if you had to you had to wear glasses, then this, then like VR goggles or 3D glasses over the top of that? Oh, God. <laughs> you'd probably be in the hospital, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're doing that motion sickness, isn't your problem that you should be addressing. <laughs> this is true. But, uh, You've got other more serious problems. Yeah, they, these look like they'll help you see the future rather than a uh, stop motion. Sequence. Yeah, maybe you can see through time with these. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not, because then you'd have a. They'd need to redesign it, because then they'd see what the next redesign was and realize that you don't need these extra two um, ridiculous. Do you know those? Do you remember when you went to the optician and you ha- the optician put the yes. massive frame on your face and then started putting the gl- putting the lenses in, going, and now what about now? How about now? Mm. What about now? And now? What about now? And it just kept droning on like that, and you were going, just get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, why are they white? Out of all the colours. Yeah, if they were in I black, mean, at least, at least you know, you, yeah. you'd look kind. Well, you'd still look stupid, but you'd look kind of less stupid. <laughs> than. <laughs> great idea. Great idea. Oh, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by... The actual, you know, how they developed the technology. I'm fascinated by the thought process behind it. Mm. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Design is a thing as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't there. Anyway, um, shall we shall we take a twi- trip to a twip, a trip to Switzerland? Yeah, let's take a trip to Switzerland. I'm, I'm just tripping up now. <laughs> right. It's probably because I need a pair of those glasses. <laughs> Right, we're tri- taking a trip to Lucerne, a small town in Switzerland, right? Well, they say it's a town, it's actually a city. All right, and uh, the city reached out to the students at the nearby university to find a replacement for the hourly chimes from their bell, right? Because the bell tower was undergoing renovations. So, 
What do you think the solution was that the students came up with? It can't be good. <laughs> what do you think it was? I'd probably say it's some ridiculous song which everybody listens to or some parody or, you know, some chime like that. Something silly. Mm, kind of, yes. When you say parody, I don't think there's any irony in what they've chosen. I think it's just, well, here's the thing. If I go... Oh, no. It was a Nokia tune. No, not just a Nokia tune. They basically chose ringtones. <laughs> right? So now, the 80,000 plus residents are being subjected to, right? St. Peter's Chapel uh, is now subjecting the 80,000 plus residents to a series of hourly ringtones that play throughout the day. And that includes the iPhone's highly recognizable marimba chime. <laughs> Do you remember the marimba chime for the iPhone? I remember the marimba chime for the iPhone. And how annoying it was? Yes. Apparently, this is an art project while the uh, chapel is undergoing renovations. How is it art? If it's not visual. (laughs) Apparently, sound is now art as well. I don't want to offend anybody that actually really studies art if they're listening in. But maybe you could uh, contact us and just explain. Well, uh, I... All I know is that if sound is now art as well, then I want to make a room of fart noises just because I can. <laughs> Modern fart. No, no. <laughs> I just, it took me like a, a half a second to realise what you'd done there, Andy, but that was great. The thing is, though, you're probably seriously considering this now. I am, actually. You could put that in uh, Mima. No, no. Uh, you remember the... Uh, the Swamp of Eternal, the Bog of Eternal Stench from Labyrinth. Yes. And you remember the stepping stones. I want to do that. I want to make it so that all the tiles in this room make a different fart noise. Uh, uh, I'm not a student. I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> I'm allowed. Which is really bad because if you were a student, I'd really worry what you'd come up with. I'm allowed to do this, goddammit. I've earned the right. <laughs> So, yeah, um, apparently uh, they don't want to drive the residents mad with these ringtones, so the ringtones are only going to play up until the 31st of July. (laughs) (laughs) You've got some, uh, well, the older generation just counting down the days. (laughs) No, the older generation aren't just counting down the days, they're counting the cartridges for their shotguns as well. (laughs) (laughs) There's the crazy frog again, it must be 1pm. Oh, God, that was a ringtone as well, wasn't it? Can Can you imagine... If I if it got to like three o'clock in the afternoon, it's all you had. Ning 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 ning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel sorry for the people of Lucerne. <laughs> We're going to take a trip to Japan. It's one of our first trips to ah, Japan, yes. right? Um, this one, I I was quite impressed by this. Um, now you know um, kitchen knives, chef's knives. Yes, they're handy objects to have in the house because they're very good for cutting your vegetables and your meat and stuff like that so you can cook food if you like cooking. But they're also very good in the event you get burgled to use as a handy weapon as well because they've got that weight, they've got that purpose as well. So they're good all-round things to have in the house, yeah? Yes. In the event of a zombie apocalypse, a kitchen knife is a handy thing to have hold of, isn't it? Yeah, unless you're in Resident Evil, but we won't go into that. Yeah, I won't, I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, um, there is a... Knife maker in Japan who puts videos of his creation of knives onto YouTube because he has a habit of making knives out of very strange things, right? 
He makes knives out of carbon fiber and various things like that. Now, I want you to think, what could be the oddest thing just that happens to be in your house? What could be the oddest thing that you could turn into a knife? A watermelon. No, an object, not a fruit. Oh, what <laughs> would be quite awkward to do. It's an object that doesn't require any electrical power and is machine washable. Machine wash. It's not a teapot or something like that, is it? No. Let's put it this way. Arnold Schwarzenegger made a film uh, that also shares a title uh, with you going without these. (laughs) I'm trying to go through my Arnold Schwarzenegger filmography in my head. If you go commando, Uh, what are you going without? Top. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) 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 What? Where did you get top from? <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. It's too hot. I'm dying here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, contrary to what Andy uh, said, if you go commando, apparently you are going without your boxer shorts or your underwear. Now, this yes. this Japanese knife maker, whose uh, YouTube channel is called Kiwami Japan, apparently takes 100% cotton trunks Underwear, yeah? Yes, tops. No, underwear, not tops. All right, and he takes various underwear and cotton underwear as well, and he makes knives out of them, and he takes you through the process step by step. Now, would you ever think that you could turn your boxer shorts into a knife or into any kind of weapon? (laughs) Yeah, I really... Unless you'd worn them for like seven months straight, (laughs) (laughs) and you could now use them as shelving. The irony is you probably need to cut them with a knife before you can actually turn them into a knife. If you'd worn them for seven months, then yes, that's probably the case. <laughs> you could probably just mould them into a knife with your hands. I'm just thinking the, I'm I'm just thinking there's, there's probably easier ways to weaponize your boxer shorts. <laughs> so yes, uh turning under underpants into knives, into kitchen knives especially. I'll be honest, if I if somebody said to me yeah, I I made this salad. I chopped all the vegetables with this knife that I made out of my boxer shorts. I'd be slightly disturbed by that. <laughs> and I wouldn't. Do they? Does he actually change like the color of them and that? Or like, well, uh... if you watch the video on his channel, uh, I think the videos a, a couple been on for a couple of weeks. Uh, but if you watch the video on his channel about it, you'll understand. It does look. You can't really tell that it was a pair of boxer shorts from at, you know at the beginning. By the end, you can't tell it was a pair of box ah, shots. Like, All right. Awesome. I'm going to say there's something really disturbing about if you sat at the table and, uh, for example, using a massive knife to cut, like, a turkey or something like that. Let's say Christmas dinner. And then that knife just had a brand name just running across. What is what Calvin Klein? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, what would be more disturbing is if uh, you basically served the turkey and then someone threw a pair of boxer shorts or some kind of underwear at your head and said, cut the turkey. <laughs> yeah. I'd be more disturbed by that. Anyway, um, we're going to head to uh, uh, to Minnesota, right? Because ah. I couldn't find a place for this story anywhere, so I thought I might as well shove it in here because... Um, Andy, right, you know what a sarong is, yeah? Yes. And you know that men in Southeast Asia can wear sarongs, yeah? Mm-hmm. And in Southeast Asia, there are various versions of a sarong that men wear regularly because... The heat is a thing, you know? Mm. But here in the West, we tend to wear shorts, yeah? Yeah. Well, 
Joe Quarian in Minnesota, uh, he ha- is trying to, he's a designer and he wants to make unisex skirts popular. Now, I have a problem with this title that they've chosen for this article because it has the word again. And I've been racking my brains trying to think of a time when skirts were popular with men in the Western world. The only time, I'd only kilts. I think of is kilts. Yeah, That's... kilts, I can understand, but yeah. it's not a kilt. And the reason I know it's not a kilt is, well, take a look yourself. Oh, no. Ah. Uh... Yeah, that's not a kilt. That's a skirt. Hmm. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think like you now. When was this other time? That's the thing. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out when was the other time when skirts were popular among men in the Western world. I cannot think. And the reason I can't think is because my mind is rebelling about uh, against the images of these two. Uh, I suppose they're reasonably handsome fellas who were wearing, you know, who were wearing stylish skirts in a very positive manner. You know. Got nothing about the, against them wearing skirts. Everyone, each to his own choice. I just want to know when they were popular before. Well, uh, Google doesn't give me anything. Uh, when you put when were unisex skirts popular, it comes up with did you mean when were pencil skirts popular? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's the thing about this. I I, I just couldn't find it anywhere. Like, it wouldn't fit in literary loitering. It wouldn't fit anywhere. And I just want to know <laughs> the answer. So if anybody out there, right, this is a slight aside before we go back to our regular news stories. If anyone out there knows when unisex skirts were popular with men in the Western world, you know, when was the other time? Please tell us because my curiosity needs to know. Uh, one other thing as well. Yeah. How how would you tell a unisex skirt from just a normal skirt? Because Is it because they've got pockets? Well, skirts have pockets as well. Do they? Apparently. Uh, well, just this picture of the man wearing one with his hands in his pockets just doesn't look right. Yeah. Anyway, um, after that slight aside, mainly I've inserted that in there because I didn't want to do two Jap- two Japan stories back to back. But you know, um, we're heading back to Japan. Normal service has been re- resumed. <sighs> um, but anyway, uh, you know, there were a while ago there was uh, there was a service somebody put on uh, on the internet. Uh, I think it was back in the early two thousands, and they basically sold advertising space on their body basically their face and they mm. would uh, draw your logo on their face and run around for a day with your logo on their face and they would basically you know they would basically rent the space on their face so you could have your advertisement there yeah mm-hmm. is the thing people advertise everywhere advertisements are literally everywhere yeah yeah and people have advertised things on various parts of their body as well you know Whenever you wear branded clothes, you're advertising that company, which is one of the reasons why I don't wear branded clothes, because if you want me to advertise your product as well as pay for your products, then, you know, start paying me for advertising your product. Hmm. Simple as that. Hmm. But of all the places on the human body, right, how far up the list of important places on the human body to adver- you know, where you could put advertisements, how far up that list would armpits be? <laughs> Probably not far. <laughs> Anything that's covered probably is a waste of your money. Because there's a Japanese company that wants to lease the armpits of young women, not young men, young women. They want to lease those armpits as advertising space. I don't know what to say about that. It's uh, creepy and disturbing and, uh, <laughs> and it's bizarre. It's creepy and disturbing. Creepy, disturbing and bizarre is what I'd say. 
think that's silence probably sums it up. But wouldn't your face be the most ideal place to advertise anything? I have no idea. I wouldn't even class your face as that important. Well, you speak to people. Ah, I was talking about you, Andy. Oh, Oh, come on, Andy. You left that door open for me. I did, but now it's shut right back in your face, (laughs) ironically. I I don't understand. I mean, apparently back in 2013, because this isn't the first time that uh, an advertising firm in Japan has done this. In 2013, there was a PR firm, according to this article, called Absolute Territory PR, which basically put advertisements on women's thighs, on the thighs of young women as well. Yeah, but thighs are still more visible. Than armpits. Well, depends, doesn't it? <laughs> this is true. I mean, it, it, it's... it's it, oh, I don't know what to say about this, Andy. All I, oh, I think... Uh, <laughs> I'm speechless at this. But all I can say is, if anybody listening wants to uh, put the geek show on their armpits... Uh, we can't pay you, but uh, we're not going to complain. <laughs> you know, if you're really that way inclined, um, go right ahead. <laughs> it's quite an easy logo. You might have to. Oh, like, Andy, what are you telling people might, to do? This is all on Andy. To... I've got nothing to do with this. Okay, I deny, I deny all responsibility. This is all on Andy. You might have to reshape the hat a bit, but uh, you could probably get there. Oh, Andy, <laughs> you're getting us, you're going to get us into trouble, you know that. Uh, you'll be shocked if people started doing it. Mm, yeah, but, you know, we're not in as much trouble as uh, Cairo's International Garden, Garden Municipal Park. <clears throat> See, here's the thing, right? You know zebras? Oh, they're not getting their money armpits, are they? No, no, we're heading to Cairo uh, uh, because I, I just want to leave that creepy and weird story. I'll be honest. <laughs> Um, you know, zebras, yeah? Yes. Well, would you say a donkey was a zebra? <laughs> I just saw the picture. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, co- I mean, you can't paint a donkey black and white and pa- try and pass it off as a zebra. It's just <laughs> not the... horse would do it. Well, it's just not the done thing, is it? Might have ran out of horses. And zebras, obviously. I mean... <laughs> Unfortunately, the hot weather caused the paint to smudge. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, how long must it have took? If you look at the picture of the actual zebra down on the bottom of the article, right, and then you look at the mm-hmm. attempt at making the donkey into mm-hmm. a zebra, very different. It brings up that old zebra-based question, doesn't it? You know which one I'm going to say? Which one? Do zebras have black stripes or white stripes? Because if uh, they painted the white on, that's very ambitious because they've done the ears as well. Well, I can confirm that that uh, that question has been answered. Zebras have black stripes. Do, ah. you, do you know how I know? How do you know? Because if you look at the picture of that zebra, you'll see the belly is white. Ah, that's quite clever. Yeah, I just worked it out. Because yeah. ah. <laughs> I'm smart, see? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> We all know that's a lie. But yeah, I mean, whatever possessed them to paint a donkey? Maybe the only animal that they've got. <laughs> what they've advertised everywhere. Come and see the do- come and see the zebra. Come and see the zebra. Have they just written donkey by accident and crossed it out and put zebra? <laughs> oh. uh, why did the sister denied rumors that the zebra rumors that the zebra in National Garden Zoo was fake? Despite multiple veterinarians confirming that the animal in the photos was actually a donkey. 
I just um I just have for example they're probably like a tourist somewhere that got a photo yep. similar to the one on the page with this donkey and they've showed it to the family and they've been going, Look, I've got a picture with a zebra and then somebody just went went out, oh, no, that's a donkey. Yes. So, Andy, we are at the last news story. Hey. And because well, you man. love ice cream so much, uh you had... I love ice cream. Yep, you do, admit <laughs> it. Uh you love ice cream. You want to marry it. Um, no, everybody loves ice cream, unless you, unless you're dairy intolerant. Well, hold that thought. Seriously, just hold that thought that everybody loves ice cream. Yes. Because over in Taiwan, there is a cafe that's been getting a lot of attention online because it serves ice cream in a particular shape that people have described as adorable and terrifying at the same time. Now, it's not in the shape of a donkey, is it? Just hold on there, right? Just hold on there. Let's see if this works. There you go. Oh, no. Now, it's adorable, isn't it? It's an ice cream in the shape of a puppy, yeah? It's yes. A, it's, but, a, it's adorable. Uh, now look at it. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> it, have its, it has quite a disturbing look when its head's decapitated. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's... I, I, <laughs> ha, you, you are evil. How can you eat something like looks like that? Hug <laughs> ice cream. It's it, it it's. I mean, seriously, you look at it and you go, "Oh, that's so cute," and then you look at the next picture and go, "My God, what have you done? <laughs> You're a I think, monster." I think it um, brings out all of our cannibalistic. Uh, what do you mean cannibalistic? For example, if you're eating a jelly baby. Yeah, you, I can understand go, that, you know, but this you is. You know what? This is this this is a very small jelly baby. Let's bite the head off. And everybody does that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it creates puppy ice cream. Yes. You know? I don't know if they, they don't know if they're using the same silicon molds that uh, the Thai dessert shop that went viral last year for its puppy-shaped coconut milk puddings, you know, <laughs> whether they're using the same molds uh, as them. But, uh, I mean, would you eat this if somebody served you this ice cream, Andy? I wouldn't eat it if I saw where, like, if I saw that picture, like, if it was right in front of me as they cut the head off. No, but if somebody served this ice cream to you in its complete form and you hadn't seen this before, and you said, oh, isn't that cute? And then you started, would you start eating it? I bet you would, because you're a monster, aren't you? Admit <laughs> it, Andy, you're a monster. I wouldn't eat the head. No, you'd start off somewhere else <laughs> and work your way to the head, because, as I said, you're a monster. For you, the head is the best part. So, yeah, um, let us know in the comments, could you handle this ice cream? Looks like don't put a flake in it. I'm fine. <laughs> Depends where you... <laughs> oh, no. No, Andy. No. Why did you talk about a flake? Now it's just going to be droppings all over the place, isn't it? <laughs> uh, see what I mean? He's a monster. I didn't think of that. <laughs> see what I mean? He's a monster. See, on that note, we're going to leave you for this week. Um, so uh, we'll be back in Fortnite with more uh, oddities from around the world, uh, and uh, especially uh, from uh, science and technology and things like that. So until then... Uh, stay tuned to the Geek Show Podcast Network for all your geeky stuff. So until then, um, you know, check out thegeekshow.co.uk for all of our other shows. Um, until next time, I've been Rob. And I've been Andy. We'll see you all later.
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.